Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Still a lot of conversation, even in pro sports towns, about the college football playoff decision over the weekend. Uh, We're going to get to that with Jason Horowitz and a lot more. Jason joins us courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Jason is the voice, the radio play-by-play voice for the Las Vegas Raiders. Jason, I actually, I'm very familiar with your work and we've had you on this show before. I actually didn't know until Denton just told me, I'm like, wait a minute, I thought Musburger was still the voice of the Raiders. (laughs) Is this your first year doing Raiders on on radio or did Brent leave two years ago? This is my second. This is my second. Okay. So like all those, the Chandler Jones play last year, the Josh Jacobs 86-yard overtime uh, yeah. in Seattle. I, I had a wonderful indoctrination into crazy finishes in my first year in the NFL. <laughs> well, the, um, we, the we Chandler Jones finish in particular, that's one of the craziest in recent years. 
Yeah, I, you know, I did my best to channel my Sean McDonough in the Michigan, Michigan State where the punt was dropped. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Sean, I've known Sean for a long time because he's a Syracuse guy too. And, you know, was, he's always great with Syracuse students. And, and so he actually texted me that, that next morning. He's like, oh. I did, he, he also didn't know I had taken over for Brent. And he yells, he's like, it's good to know you've got some McDonough in you. <laughs> so, because, uh, you know, practicing cracking your voice is really a good thing in play-by-play these days. So, <laughs> uh, so I had that last year. Every every single time we have Sean on, we play that play from the Michigan-Michigan State game. But, Denton, you've got to find the call of that Chandler Jones. That game, if my recollection is correct, it was like about to go to overtime, and New England starts yep. flipping it around like they've got a score, like it's the last play and they're behind. And then, you know, uh, Jones picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. It was just the oddest of plays and, and a Bill Belichick blunder. End of game blunder for sure. You know what the irony, Kev, is that so the guy who throws the pass, so it's it's the guy from New England who gets a uh, you know a, a lateral and he throws it to midfield, looking for Mac Jones to keep it going. And the irony is it's Jacoby Myers who threw the pass, who now leads the Raiders Plays in touchdown Raiders. receptions this year. <laughs> yeah. he's got yeah. seven total touchdowns, which is the most in the Raiders this season. So there's an irony there, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was nuts, no question. So who's going to coach the Raiders next year? Oh, I don't know. Me, you. My 10-year-old daughter uh, asked if she could do an interview. Um, she she wonders if she's a good coach. I Listen, I actually think Antonio Pierce has done a great job. Now, is, is his energy and his enthusiasm and his relatability to the players going to be enough? I don't know. Um, but Antonio Pierce has been very well-liked. Uh, over the course of really this whole season and last, but but certainly since he took over for Josh McDaniels, you can feel a different energy. It's it's weird because, you know, you can certainly feel a different energy. You can certainly feel that there's a different uh, intensity and that there's a different level of enjoyment among the players. But the but the strange part is is that the product, at least offensively, is still the same. You know, uh, the the biggest complaint with Josh McDaniels outside of the how the players felt and all those other things is that, you know, offensively they had not scored 20 points in a game from the offense. And the reality is, is game number one with, with Antonio Pierce, they come out and they scored 30, but in the three games since they have not scored 20 against the jets, dolphins or chiefs. And so the product itself, although it looks different, feels different is still kind of the same and so that's, I think, the task over the course of the next five games is, A, can they win? But, B, can it seem different uh, moving forward? And, and if the answer is yes, I think he's going to get a great shot, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We've we've referenced the Raider games here recently because Aiden O'Connell started that game against the Giants, uh, and it wasn't like it was a lights-out performance, but they, you guys rolled the Giants, and then Washington gets dump-trucked by, by Tommy DeVito uh, a week later. And then really recently, you know, the, the Raiders' effort against the Dolphins defensively was as good as any we've seen, you know, in recent weeks. And Washington just gave up, you know, Miami literally could have gotten 60 Sunday if they hadn't taken their foot off the pedal. Yeah, well, and I feel like a lot of people have been able to do that against Washington, and that was before Chase yeah. Young and, and Montez Sweat were traded. So, right. you know, it's been you know certainly it's going to be a full reset for the Commanders and and all, and I don't think that's a shock. 
Um, and, and obviously firing Jack Del Rio was just a, at the moment a, a temporary placeholder. But, I, you know, the, Aiden O'Connell, it's interesting because the first quarter, it's, and, and for the Giants game, the whole first half, it was 24 nothing at the half. The, the, the first quarters against Miami and Kansas City have been unbelievable. Against the Dolphins, he was 9 of 10 for 100 and some yards and a touchdown pass. Against the Chiefs, I think he was 11 of 12 for 103 and, uh, and a touchdown pass on the opening drive. And, you know, it's 14 nothing three minutes into the second quarter, and it should have been 17 because Daniel Carlson doesn't miss any field goals inside of 50, and he missed a 30-yarder. So it should have been 17 nothing. Wow. With 12 minutes to go in the second quarter, it was 14 nothing, and then they get outscored 31-3. to um, But even saying that, Raiders fans have seen that before because last year, week five in Kansas City, Raiders were up 17 nothing, and they lose that game 30-29. to So, you know, Raiders have seen that movie too. Um, I, I think Aiden O'Connell on, on scripted you know, parts of the game has been great. The problem for the Raiders, and this is a problem that goes back to last year too, is the second halves have not been the same. And that's, and that's unfortunately been the biggest problem for them since I took over as football guy. <laughs> Maybe it's my fault. What is the length of Garoppolo's deal? So he signed a three-year deal, they, and, and it wasn't all guaranteed, but they restructured the deal at the beginning part of the season to free up some more immediate cap space. So, you know, if they wanted to cut him here in the offseason, and I don't know if it's a pre- or a post-June 1st deadline, they'd be on the hook for 22, 23, mm-hmm. 24, something like that in dead money. Right. Um, so it's a lot. You know, it's not it's – not, team uh detrimental but but it is certainly a lot of money if they're going to cut him here in the offseason all right we're talking to jace jason horowitz he calls raiders games but he's also uh, a big voice in college football so let's just go back to you know sunday at 12 uh, i want to get your reaction we've had a lot of discussion about it uh the the last two days florida state not getting in bama getting in you think what yeah, well, can I give you the metaphor about how I felt about it on Sunday? But I didn't realize it till Monday. So Monday afternoon, I'm getting ready to do a show with our buddy Ben Hartsock on, on Sirius XM. And it's like 18 minutes before we're on the air, and I see this woman walking her dog outside our lawn, and the dog stops to take a poop on our lawn. And I'm like, oh. But then I see her, but then I see her like take the, take the plastic bag out of, her, out of her fanny pack, and she picks up the dog's poop on our lawn. I'm like, all right, well, they did, the same, they did what they're supposed to, right? The dog's supposed to go to the bathroom. The woman's supposed to pick it up. Everybody did what they're supposed to. And then I still didn't feel good about it. And I think that's how I felt about the college football playoff committee. <laughs> like, I think Alabama is That's not than bad. State, that's right? not like that, that. No, because, because you're, first of all, I hate when dogs actually come and poop on my lawn. But as long do. as they're doing what they're supposed to do, what are you going right. to do? The dog's got to go. I have, we have dogs, and I love dogs, and sometimes I'm the one walking the dog, and I know somebody in that house might be looking out saying, oh, God, right. couldn't you have waited exactly. until you got to the park or whatever? But they did, and this has been my contention all week. It doesn't feel right, but they, based on if you read through what the criteria is, and I have a feeling 75% of the people arguing this, Jason, have not read through the protocol and the criteria. Yeah. They did what they were supposed to do, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, So here's the problem, though. Like That's how I feel about it. That's how I felt about it Monday. I felt yucky. I did. I'm not sure they're wrong, but I felt yucky. And that's why that metaphor kind of just struck me. Because, But, like, but like here's, here's the problem. There's multiple problems, right? Number one, uh, Florida State 
still went undefeated. The ACC did go six and four against the SEC. Florida State, you know, beat LSU, didn't give up a single point to Jane Daniels in the second half. They beat him by three touchdowns. And, and everyone's talking about how Alabama beat Georgia, which is why they're the, you know, one of the four best teams, but they're ignoring the fact that it was a thir- fourth and 31 against Auburn, and that's a bad Auburn team. But they're ignoring the fact that they beat a bad, and I mean bad Arkansas team, by a field goal. They're ignoring the fact, yes, I know the weather was bad, but they were awful against the middle-of-the-pack American Athletic Conference team in South Florida. You know, so all of those games are just being ignored. Texas A&M, right, 6-6, six 7-5, and six, seven and five, whatever they were, they beat them by less than a touchdown. Like, they're ignoring all of that to just go to the fact that they beat Georgia, but they're putting Florida State in that they only beat Louisville by 10 uh, with a third-string quarterback. And it's like, well, this is why Florida State can't get in. The problem with all of that is that, first of all, Florida State was going to have their second-string quarterback returning. He was out with a concussion, but he was going to return. So maybe the offense with him would have been a lot better. We don't know, but you can't say that it wouldn't be. And you're ignoring the fact that the rest of that defense is a top-five defense. You're ignoring the fact that those running backs are are you know uh, college football playoff-worthy running backs. And so, and the receivers certainly they're going to be top you know first, second, third round picks. So you're ignoring all of that to just say the quarterback. And it wasn't even going to be that quarterback who played in the playoffs. So I I think the committee got it wrong. I really do. I think they got it very wrong. Uh, But it doesn't matter because the system, as we've and we've known this for a long time, it's just that the committee was never put in a position to be this wrong and make it hard. Uh, But that's how the playoff was set up. The playoff was always set up to leave somebody out. And it was just not until the final year of the system that, that, that the playoff got into a spot where they were going to be wrong one way or the other. It's so funny because you just went from this wonderful metaphor to they not resembling the metaphor because you think they I were know. dead wrong, I do. Um, <laughs> even though they picked the poop off uh, off the ground with a bag and did the right thing. So you you said a lot of things there, and I I just I've had. I mean, Denton and I have talked about this. My middle son thinks it's the worst outrage in the history of, of sports. And we, we were screaming last night about some of the things that you just said. And he said, Dad, we watched Bama all year. They hung on for dear life against Arkansas. They were down 20-7 to against Tennessee at halftime. Right. You didn't mention That's that right. one. Um, the That's Auburn 4th right. and 31. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, at the same time, you could also, and you didn't go here, you could say, well, maybe Georgia really wasn't the number one team ultimately because they lost to a Bama team that needed a fourth and 31 that had a close game against Arkansas that was down by 13 at home against Tennessee. Um, and and who did they beat? They beat Missouri and Ole Miss. You know, they, we knew that the, the Georgia schedule was a little bit fraught, you know, at the beginning of the year. But at the same time, Here's the issue. First of all, if we want to play that game, Florida State was lucky, lucky to beat Boston College earlier in the year. They were in a really tight game with Miami. I watched the Pitt game, and that was a competitive game for a while. But it does all of that doesn't matter with Florida State, Jason. The bottom line is, uh, all of us who are college football fans. We saw the quarterback, Tate Rotemaker, who was likely going to play in the playoff. We saw him against arguably the worst defense if LSU wasn't in the SEC. Without their quarterback, by the way, in that game, Graham Mertz. And they were helpless offensively. Helpless. I agree. I agree. And and that's what they based it on. 
I, I agree with that and first start, but let me ask you something. How many quarterbacks in their first career start True. would do really, really, really well on the road in the swamp? And the answer to that is, I don't know, probably not a ton. Um, and, and to your point, like 24 points is not a, a helpless number, but they passed for 134 yards. They rushed for 90 yards. They didn't have 250. So like that, the total numbers and all that stuff are, are all parts of that. They would not have won that game with Graham Mertz playing on the other side. No, no, probably not. No, Max Brown was terrible. Max Brown was terrible. So you're probably, you are probably right about that. So again, all of that is true, which is why I went with the, with the dog metaphor. Um, But, but at the same time, like, you know, the arguments of, Hey, how do we tell everybody? I, I guess this is what it is. And this is part, you know, my big problem with college athletics as a whole right now is not the new, it's not the, kids in the NIL. It's not the ability to transfer. My big problem in college athletics is more about the people complaining about college athletics and telling you, because it's a lot oh, of the same people. God, insufferable. The people, the people telling you that college athletics as it is now is quote unquote wrong, but then they go out and do the same, you know, hypocritical aspects to it as well. You know, coaches telling you, oh, transfer portal is ruining college athletics all while that they are helping build NIL and taking transfers left and right, right? They're not abiding by their same thoughts. Well, you know, I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. You know, they're telling you that kids ask or, or, or being able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness or because they're good at sports is wrong, but them signing $100 million contracts is right. You know, like it's more wrong with how we all as a society are view college athletics or sports as a whole and while the – level of where we place them at and the importance uh, as opposed to what's actually happening when people within that society are starting to benefit from it. So my, it, I, I bring that up for multiple reasons, but I bring that up because the same people who tell you that moving to a 12 team college football playoff is wrong because it's going to eliminate the importance of every game are the ones then turning around and screaming, well, Alabama should be in over Texas because clearly they're better than Texas now. Right, and it didn't matter because they're both in, but but it's the same people telling you that. So uh, that's the problem I have with college athletics. It was a system that's built to fail, and it did. Yeah, I actually thought you were going in a different direction. I thought you were going to talk about you know lawsuits and threats no, and well, class that, actions, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like you, that's, yeah, and, I and that this is somehow the ruination <laughs> of the sport. I I would argue that right. the controversy associated that, with this is actually in many ways good for the sport. Um, but uh, but look. Well, the, the, well, wait a second. Is it good for the popularity because everyone's talking about it, or 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 is sure. that there anyway? I don't. know. I think whenever sure there's this kind of you know true visceral reaction and a subsequent debate about it, I think that that's positive, uh, a positive for the sport. Uh, I think there there are a lot of people that aren't the hardcore college football fans that you are, that Denton is, that I am, that now will actually really pay attention. And even to that Georgia-Florida State game, you know, and we'll yeah. be rooting for Florida State. Um, and and here's, here's the other thing, too, Jason. Just because, like college basketball fans, we all know there's always these debates about the bubble teams that got in versus those that didn't and those that got screwed. We're going to have the same thing with the last at large team and the two that got left out moving forward. And that'll be sure. good for the sport. I agree with that. And, and you know, the ones who argue that, hey, the Ohio State Michigan game that we saw two weeks ago won't matter the same because both teams would get in the playoff. And that is true. 
you also can say that, well, wait a second, though. Remember, conference champions are going to have an automatic bid and the right. group of five highest. Rate. So you're going to have more games to get to the conference championship game or to have a chance at the conference championship game that are going to matter down the stretch. So while the high level two versus three won't matter the same because both will get in, there's going to be a eight versus 14 that will matter more because they'll still have a chance at the college football playoff as opposed to where it was now. So it, it, it will, all of that will, will be a wash. More games will matter in the month of November than Agreed. in years past. It's just going to be a different type of game that matters. And, that, and so you can see it from both sides. No, th- th- it's true. I mean, um, it's you said it perfectly. It's like there are going to be more games that matter during what is has been, I think, the best regular season sport of the sports that, that I follow closely. Um, but they're going to be different, right? It's not going to be a, essentially a game that knocks you out or gives you a continued chance. It's going to be a game that gets you a chance, you know, at an at-large bid. And by the way, don't forget, there will be games for seeding purposes as mm-hmm. well that end up becoming important. And every conference championship game every year will now be an automatic where they haven't been in the past. So that'll add, I think, to conference championship weekend as well. By the way, I see, and I'm surprised that there hasn't been as much outrage about this, or maybe I've missed it. I think this 12-team playoff with the quarterfinal round being in bowl games is a big whiff from two standpoints. Number one, the schools that are, are seated one through four and have a first-round buy, they're not going to get the revenue benefit of a home game. Two, from a fan perspective, there's nothing better than these games. I, imagine the games in, in, in December, you know, the five through 12, you know, first round on home fields, and then advancing to home fields and you get games in the shoe in Death Valley, you know, in all of these places, I think that's a big whiff as far as what would be best for the fans to watch. Plus, you're putting fan bases into a quandary of picking which bowl game they're going to go to. Are they going to spend their money on the quarterfinal game? Or are they going to wait to hope that it's the semifinals or the championship game? You know, spending three times for the team that ends up, the two teams that make it, I think some of the attendance at some of the quarterfinal bowl games. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. I, I don't love – I mean, look, I, I think one of the reasons you'd want to play for those seeds is to have one of those games at home. And, exactly. And I don't, you know, I don't think the idea that these have to be played at, at bowl games just because bowl games are a fabric of college football's history. You know, college football is so different now than it was in its quote-unquote history anyway, so I don't think we have to pretend that that's the way to do it. Uh, because and, and, you know, I know they want to keep themselves separate from the NFL, but other than the Super Bowl, NFL teams play to have the game in their building. And, you know, you could argue, well, the infrastructure is not there to host it, but that's not true. Almost all of these towns host massive games all year long anyway. And the infrastructure with hotels and all that stuff is there to host however many people are in those stadiums um, throughout the course of a regular season. So I don't really think this is that drastically different, um, but but maybe there is that. I I... I don't think they're going to have a problem filling up quarterfinal venues because because people are going to go. I just hope that the ticket prices, uh, and I realize in saying this that I'm not going to be right about this, but how many people can really afford five, seven, eight hundred dollar ticket prices for a game that they're going to have to shell out two more times? 
Um, right. I say that in that the people are doing it now to go to the semis and the championship anyway. So they're going to continue to do it to go to these two. Uh, and as long as people continue to pay for it and go, it's going to continue to be this way anyway. By the way, just real quickly, wh- next year, will it be this weekend, the Army-Navy weekend, or the weekend that follows that we get the first round? 5 versus 12, uh, 6, 11, remember. 7, 10, 8, 9. I, I, I don't remember. I thought the first round is the weekend after Army-Navy. And okay. then the second, or maybe the first round is, let's see, it's one, two, three. I believe the semis are going to be after New Year's Day or on New Year's Day, and then the championship will be a week to 10 days later. And that the first two rounds will be before New Year's, so probably round one. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember the exact uh, I, dates that they proposed. Yeah, now, now that that, that I'm thinking about it, you're right. Day. If you, yeah, if you've got, oh, it's it's available somewhere, Denton. See if you can find it, Denton. Do you know what the answer is? Sorry, say that again. When when <laughs> will the first round be next year? Will it be this weekend, the Army-Navy weekend, or the weekend that follows? Is it two weeks after championship weekend or the week after? I I believe it's two weeks after championship weekend, but I can double-check. Okay. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Here it is. I got it. it. Here we go. I got got it. it. I got it. The first round round is going to be one game on Friday, December 20th, and three games on Saturday, December 21st. The quarterfinals will be New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah, it's later than I thought. The yep. semifinal, so everything is being pushed back a week. The championship yeah. is going to be during the playoffs on January 20th. The semis are going to be when we currently have the championship, January 9th and January. By the way, one of the semis is going to be a Friday night. The Cotton Bowl, January 10th, 2025, will be a Friday night. Well, what we're ta- I think one of the things I was thinking about, too, I-, I think this semifinal thing, look, it's been great. We wanted something other than the BCS title game. But there's so much time elapsed between conference championship weekend and these semifinal games. Oh, it sure. becomes a little bit, I think, for sports fans inundated with football, you know, at that time of the year anyway, a little bit anticlimactic. And I think that they lose a little bit of momentum by not starting – and you just pulled up the schedule, and I was pulling it up simultaneously. It's going to be not the Army-Navy weekend, not the weekend after. It'll be three weeks after conference championship weekend that you get the first round. I, I think they should have started it earlier. But what do I know? I'm sure they have reasons for it. Um, we're talking to Jason Horowitz, and we're talking college football, and we've talked about now you know, past, present, uh, or you know, future. Let's talk about what we did get, all right? Uh, Michigan-Bama and Texas, Washington. First of all, let me ask you this. I am going to go back a little bit. What was the most impressive win of conference championship weekend for you? Um, ooh, good question. I think Washington. Yes. I, I think Washington was the most impressive win. I, and, and, and I didn't think they'd lose by, uh, by double figures like the spread was, but I, didn't, I also wasn't positive they'd win. Um, but, you know, look, they proved time and time again that they were the best team. I don't, they were the best team in college football this year, at least resume-wise. Uh, and and maybe they're the best team, you know, as a team. I don't I don't know. The, I don't know, and we'll find out when they play Texas. But like, um, their win against Oregon to like to to reaffirm what you've already done during the regular season um, to get yourself into the playoff, knowing that you wouldn't have gotten in otherwise. By the way, I think that might be wrong too. When it's all said and done. Um, I think that speaks volume, and it was right from the get-go, right? They were leading Oregon at one point, twenty to three in that game, and yep. if it wasn't for a couple of drives, Oregon's not really in the game at all. 
And so I think I think Washington had the most impressive win. I think most would have said Alabama, but but Washington had the most impressive win because they beat a team yeah, twice. I, I I agree with that, and I think that just the the buildup for it. And I was one of the dopes on Oregon laying the big numbers. So um, yeah. I, in many ways, I wish I hadn't bet the game just to appreciate even more what Washington did against. Everybody in the sport that basically thought they were going to get run at, run at, out of the building, and that Oregon might might be the best team in the country, you know, which a lot of people were saying at the end. All right, how do you yeah. view the two semifinal matchups? I mean, they're both good ones on paper. Well, I, I think the attention is going to be focused on Michigan, Alabama, right? It, the two of the biggest programs in college football history. Um, the fact that should Alabama have been there, should they not? Jim Harbaugh and the suspension and, you know, I mean, that press conference will be as boring as possible. Saban and Harbaugh when they're together. Uh, so you got that. Um, so I, I, I do think Michigan's the best team in the country. Uh, and, and obviously this is finally their opportunity to prove it. Um, they have not done well in this spot before. Two years ago against the SEC's best, they were completely outmanned against Georgia. I don't think that they are going to be completely outmanned this time. Question is, uh, can they contain a mobile quarterback in Jalen Milrow? So that'll certainly be a big part. And then, you know, Texas and Washington, it goes back to what we were just saying. Washington had the most impressive win of championship weekend, but I I think most people are going to pick Texas to win. You know, Quinn Ewers has been the quarterback they've been looking for. Um, When healthy, he has been one of the best in the country, just like Michael Penix. But the, the difference, like Texas is such a good run defense, and they are so athletic in their front seven. Um, it's going to be hard for Dylan Johnson, the, the Washington's running back, to really get going, I would think. And then that puts it all on Penix, and we'll see what he can do in this game. I, I know they've got the best receiving group when healthy in the country, and they yeah. will be healthy now after three, four weeks off. Um, but but will they be good enough on defense where they've had some struggles this year? And I guess we'll find out. I'd like to see Washington win. Um, I, I think, look, I think a Michigan-Texas is going to be a sexier national championship game. I don't know that the country wants to see an Alabama-Texas game where it's a rematch A but B uh, 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 a conference game next year, right? So I don't, you know, yeah. I don't think people want SEC versus future SEC. That's not what people around the country really want to see. They want to see someone beat the SEC, and then and I think they want to see someone beat the SEC again. So I, I think you got that, um, but. But I think we're going to get a Michigan-Texas national championship, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, Texas will miss Xavier Worthy, it looks like. But, um, yeah, uh, I like both of the matchups. I think Texas, by the way, uh, as an aside, played maybe their best football in their final two games of the year with Quinn Ewers back and healthy. All right, real quickly, I've got a minute. Um, Jaden Daniels, easy on Saturday night. Yeah, the push for Jaden Daniels has been massive. Um, I I feel a little uneasy uh, in the fact that uh, that you know their biggest games. He didn't score a point in the second half against Florida State. He got hurt against Alabama, so it's not really his fault. And the and the Ole Miss right. game, it's not like you know he's put up almost fifty in that game. It's not really his fault. Um, so I think statistically, how crucial he was to his team, I do think he wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Bo Nix, though, 40 touchdown passes, three interceptions. I mean, that's insane. And and uh, he's you know second all-time in the history of college football, completing more than 77 of his passes. But the two biggest games of the year, he lost them both times, which then leads you to Michael Penix, and you're like, how, how does he not win it? But, like, he wasn't that big in the win against Oregon the other day. So 
I, I do think it becomes Jaden Daniels, uh, and I and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, but I think there's going to be some people who don't vote him first because of the fact that they weren't close to the SEC championship game. Yeah, if that defense had just been awful instead of horrifically awful, they yeah. probably would be playing uh, on New Year's Day. Um, that's probably. how great that offense was. Uh, thanks. This was fun. I appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, Jason Horowitz, Horowitz, everybody. We'll do some NFL power rankings next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.